Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show Heat Check on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent, get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected and help you handle whatever life throws your way. Like, for example, the Luka-less Mavs stopping the Bucks' win streak in Milwaukee. I did not see that coming. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today about combining your home and auto insurance. Today's episode of Heat Check is also brought to you by Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig, much like a premium espresso machine, but it makes cocktails instead. Drinkworks Home Bar pods are made with premium spirits, real ingredients, and natural flavors. You get to try all kinds of new things. There are over two dozen different drinks to choose from, so there is literally something for everybody. Sounds like fun. I like cocktails. I would like to try this out. The Drinkmaster creates bar quality cocktails freshly made at the push of a button the only way to get this amazing drink maker at a discount plus free shipping is to go to drinkworks.com use code ringer nba r-i-n-g-e-r-n-b-a at checkout to save a hundred dollars off standard website price and get free shipping don't wait this amazing offer won't last and it's only for our listeners that's drinkworks.com and use our code ringer nba r-i-n-g-e-r-n-b-a at checkout and remember please drink responsibly drinkworks home bar is currently available in california new york florida missouri pennsylvania and illinois with more states available for pre-sale today at drinkworks.com and now he check Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined as I am every week by our producer, Steve Allman. Hello. Steve, I uh, checked my math on this, if I'm right about this. I, I checked a calendar, I consulted it. Uh, today is not Monday. It is not Monday. It is a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. I'm not really quite sure what to do here. We flipped. I, it's awfully bizarre. It's uh, a Tuesday. We switched with KOC and Verno. The mismatch went on Monday. We removed to Tuesday. Everything up is down. Down is up. Black is white. It's topsy-turvy. We're going to try to figure it out. <laughs> We're going to give our best effort. We want to thank all of you for listening. A reminder to please rate and review us. And don't forget about all the great NBA content on TheRinger.com. Uh, we've got a group post up there ranking the top 25 players from the first 25 or so games of the year. That was fun. Paolo wrote a story about the Andre Iguodala trade and how that could decide the race out West. Alan Siegel, Alan Siegel, who we don't talk about nearly enough on the NBA show and I have known for years, wrote a story about Kevin Garnett and how he landed in Uncut Gems. It might have a little Uncut Gem talk later on in the program. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I have not. I'm going to be waiting for the holidays to do that. Ah, you're saving it. Uh-huh. I like this about you. Uh, I have also not seen it, although uh, I'm excited to do so. Coming up later in the show, our resident Pelicans fan, Micah Peters, joins us to discuss why nothing is going the way New Orleans hoped this season. But first... Let's review the latest headlines and news from around the league and bring in our regular contributors, Dan and Haley. Boom, shakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! All right, one of them is once again in studio with me. One of them is still way across the country in our NYCHQ. It's Hey Check Coast to Coast with Haley and Dan. Uh, Haley, you're back. It's so much warmer here. <laughs> it's so much warmer here. It doesn't rain as much. It's warmer. It's much better. Uh, Dan, how are you faring in New York? 
Well, I mean, it's a little chilly now because I find out that it's a lot warmer away from sitting next to me. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a bummer for your boy, but in general, I'm doing all right. Otherwise, handsome and ready to rock. We got all kinds of stuff to discuss. It's Tuesday. Normally, we'd have a whole weekend of stuff. Instead, we're just going to go with what's happened uh, since Monday, which was very recent. Let's do that and review the headlines from around the league with NBA Instant Replay. All right, guys. So um, the Milwaukee Bucks, I was expecting to discuss their continued streak. Uh, instead, it snapped at 18 games. They lost at home. I did not see this coming to the Mavericks without Luka in a wild game. The Mavs were pretty much in control until the fourth quarter, and it got tight at the end. Uh, but the Mavs are a very good team on the road. They're 10-2 and on the road this season. And uh, I would say that Chris Stapps had probably his best game as a Mav so far, and they end up upending the Bucks uh, and snapping their streak. Surprise, Haley? Uh, yes, extremely. I had convinced myself right before the game that the Bucks could make it to 33. Yeah, we were talking about this. Like, I what really were the chances thought that they, that they could, could do because it? their schedule was like not, they had some easy teams on the way. The teams that they did have to face that were tough, I thought they could beat. This one, I wasn't even thinking about. But yeah, I was wrong. Shout out to the Mavs bench. Uh, Dan, we were talking about this in Slack. What did you make of Chris Stapp's performance because I think he's been I've watched probably an inordinate for me amount of Mavs basketball this year just because I wanted to see that pairing with Luca and and Chris Tapps. but now with Luca out I was especially interested to see what kind of uh effort we'd get from Chris Tapps because it's been a second since he's had to sort of carry a team and I thought he looked the best he's looked in Dallas although it was in Milwaukee yeah it was imp- an impressive performance on both ends of the floor uh it was- 26 points, 12 rebounds, a couple of blocks, four assists. I think the way it sort of works best for Chris Stapps at this point, we, we talked about this earlier in the season, everything revolves around Luca when Luca's on the floor, right? And he's creating for anyone else, uh, for everybody else when he's got the ball in his hands. And so Chris Stapps winds up sort of spotting up and playing a complimentary role to give the offense space. Now you've got Jalen Brunson who's going to sort of feed him the ball. He's going to look to create for Chris Stapps as a primary option. And so that's eight three-point attempts. That's a lot of you know, sort of pump and go and opportunities to get him on the move toward the basket. And he looked really comfortable. He had some spring. There was one great sequence where he blocked a shot at the rim, ran the floor, had like a kind of a quick catch pump and go and dunked at the rim. So like he's getting a little more comfortable when he's in a more primary role. Whether that's going to work uh, late in the season with Doncic back on the floor, I will see. But it was nice to see some sort of shades of the old number one option, Chris Tapps, last night. He also hit two crazy deep threes in the fourth quarter in crunch time uh, that were like not quite from the the half court area, but much farther off the three point line than I would have expected. Just insane uh, shots. And so good for him. Uh, And also with Giannis on him, I mean, he just pulled up and fired and also kind of baited Giannis into taking similar deep threes uh, late in the game where he was uh, playing, sagging super far off of off of uh, Giannis and like sort of daring him to take the shot and and Giannis took the bait. And I know that you've been bullish on Giannis's three-point shooting lately, Haley. Uh, but in those situations, I kind of want to see him not take those shots. Yes, I know it's early and like December's a good time for that, but they wanted him, the Mavs, to take those shots and he did and he missed them and they ended up losing the game. I don't care about that. It's December. Exactly what you said. I knew that he you were needs say that. To, this is the time to do it. In his last seven games, Giannis is shooting 41% on over five attempts. Semi-grain of salt because mm. a lot of the teams that they've played during that time are really bad defending the three. Cleveland, New Orleans, Memphis, New York, Detroit, and Orlando. Yikes. But he is taking them and he is making them. This is the time to do it. I want him to take those shots. 
in general, just not in crunch time when they're daring you. Dan, where are you on this? Because like there was uh, multiple moments in that game where the Bucks, like they did not play their best game. They were without Eric Bledsoe. Your guy, Dante Vin- DiVincenzo, was out there. Who, by the way, who did you say you likened him to? Well, I, I'm trying to figure out who his game reminds me of. And the closest I've got right now is righty Delonte West, like right-handed Delonte West. I kind of like it. Um, but like so, big, yeah, big combo guard who can shoot it a little bit, plays defense, got a little wild streak to him. I kind of like it. I, I mean, he, he was out there doing his Dante DiVincenzo thing, but they did not play their best game. And yet they still had at the end of the game, an opportunity to steal it from the Mavs on their own floor. And I thought, okay, like, you know, Giannis had an incredible game. It's hard to ask for anything more from him, but I just feel like, yes, feel free to work on your three point shooting up to say the last five minutes. And then I just need you to get to do to the rim and do your Giannis thing. Yeah, I think part of that is they were he might have just been gassed down toward the end, frankly, because he was carrying so much of the offensive load. Uh, They were playing a lot of him at center. So that sort of five out spacing where he's getting the ball up top and just going downhill at, you know, Maxi Kleba or whoever, you know, uh, whichever big man was defending him. And that was really effective, but they needed to sort of trade some twos for threes at some point. So it's a shot he's going to have to get comfortable with. He seems to be getting more comfortable with it. And at a certain point, it's like all the battering ram at the rim is going to take something out of him, too. So this is where I feel like you maybe saw the absence of Eric Bledsoe, another guy who can create off the dribble, break down a defender and go. Um, So it'll be interesting to watch how they adjust without Bledsoe in the lineup because Giannis is already doing so much. How much more can he do? Giannis might be the best comeback single-handed guy in the league. Maybe like it's going to take him a bit, but he folds time in half going down the court. <laughs> that brings so many more opportunities to catch up. He almost pulled it off at the end. I mean, he he got a ridiculous and one late in the game. It didn't work out. So the streak stops. They've got the Lakers on Thursday. That'll be a fun game uh, between two powerhouse teams. Other news from the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat, they've had a good season. They did not have a good first half against the Grizzlies. They gave up 73 points to Memphis in the first half. And then, like, I'm looking at this and I'm going, wow, that's just like an incredibly bad effort by then. They're going to get blown out in this game. Then they staged this second half comeback and almost pull it off. They ended up ultimately losing. But I think that the Heat have been a really interesting story, uh, not just in the Eastern Conference, Haley, but in the league writ large this season. I did not expect this. And I'm still not sure what to make of them uh, between Jimmy and Bam, who was the player of the week and has looked really good and uh, cracked our top 25 players of the first 25 games, came in at number 24. Uh, What do you make of the Heat? I mean, not all credit, but a lot of credit has to go to Jimmy and Bam. Bam is incredible. He defends one through five. He has such great court awareness. He gets between passes. He has great block timing, and he has so much energy. And they want him to take the shot. Jimmy wants him to be the guy to take the big shot. So I think a lot of this is just Bam stepping up. Dan, are you buying them long-term this season? I mean, they have been a pleasant surprise, I think. This is certainly... I expected it to be more of like a a prolonged, protracted Jimmy Butler heat check season. And they look like a good team. Yeah, I thought that there was a version of this team that was maybe the third or fourth best team in the East because I kind of liked the way all the pieces fit together, especially on defense. I wasn't quite sure how the offensive, uh, you know, totem, or the, how, how things would shake out in terms of the order of operations on offense. Obviously, Jimmy's the number one option, but you had Dragic there, you had Winslow there. Um, you know, how are guys going to sort of slot into their roles? What are you going to get in the backcourt? And then all of a sudden we find out you're getting Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and maybe not so much Deion Waiters. Um, there's the things have sort of slotted out into a, a, a pecking order that seems like it 
fits who the, the identity of the team is. And on the defensive end, they've been able to be really effective kind of no matter who they've matched up with. I think Bam Adebayo is a big part of that. Uh, he's also been a, like a much better playmaker than I think a lot of people realized he was, you know, facilitating from the elbows, bringing the ball up the court, running the break. Both Kevin O'Connor and I had written about that earlier in the season. Um, there's a lot to like there. I expected good. I didn't expect like two or three seed in the East and one of the best point differentials in the league. But I like what they have there. And I which is why I would be really reluctant to break it up by swinging for the fences on a big trade. As we know, we've sort of had some discussion about that. Our guy, DJ Foster wrote about the idea of them putting a package together for Drew Holiday, which would be fantastic. But also, it, does it bust up the chemistry you've been building? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question to think about at this point. Yeah, and it puts them ahead of the curve too. Like they've accelerated their timeline on this sort of like on the fly remodel that uh, I think Patrick Riley was very reluctant to say, oh, we're going to blow it up or rebuild or whatever. That's not something that he was ever interested in. And now they're sort of doing it on the fly and it's and it's accelerated. But to Dan's point about chemistry, uh, it's just going great chemistry wise with one Dion Waiters, who we mentioned, I, I, it feels like we talk about him every week on this show, uh, which is disproportionate relative to his playing time, which has been none suspended yet again, Haley, unfortunate because I really thought those two crazy kids were going to work out this time. Uh, you wrote about it. Is it time to evacuate Waiters Island? Dion has never played more than 46 games for the Heat in a season. If you haven't silently Irish exited Waiters Island, then... You know, it's already over. You're, you're f- too faithful, too loyal. Godspeed to Dion. Uh, moving along here, CJ McCollum presents us, uh, as you mentioned, Haley, on Twitter with our new I'm Trying Jennifer. Uh, he interacted with another Twitter critic responding to uh, somebody who came after him and said, uh, uh, what pick would the Blazers have if the season ended today? To which CJ McCollum responded, I'm not sure, or Arturo. We have four months left, not two weeks. You tell me. Uh, and then he goes out and and what? Boom, right in Arturo's face. They get a one-point win over Phoenix. Um, Haley, how do you feel about, one, CJ McCollum consistently interacting with critical fans on Twitter? Oh, I love it. And he's using their government names, the names their mothers and fathers <laughs> gave them. He's t- Trying to work some sense into them. Also, he's not one of the nerds on Twitter calculating what pick they're going to get after every win or loss. This is not his job. Okay. But also, too, Dan, Haley does not like to hear it's still early. But how? It, like, at what point, though, do you start to worry about uh, the Portland Trailblazers one? Yes, they eked out a one-point win over the Phoenix Suns. But, you know... It, you look at the calendar and we're into mid-December already. And then before you know it, after that, I looked at the calendar, January comes and then February and uh, it gets, it gets late all of a sudden. So (laughs) at what point, at what point are you worried about the Portland trailblazers? Well, I think first off, on the heels of you calling him Patrick Riley, the show of respect, for you to indicate that there's the, a month's travel and go like from de- December to January to February, yeah. it's dynamite work by Gons today in the hosting department. Um, His full th- God-given name. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think that... Uh, the, 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 it's the, as bad as the Blazers were in the beginning of the season and as much as they sort of stabilized but still been shaky since Melo got there, they're a game and a half out of the seven seed right now. You know, like it's, er, yeah, it's early, but but they're a game and a half out of the seven seed. There is there is no reason to believe that a team that sort of gets locked in around Lillard and McCollum that now has a better idea of how to sort of complementary offense generate baskets around them with Melo there, still going to struggle on the defensive end, but there's a lot to like in terms of the way they can score the ball. Like, 
that they can't you know jump over Oklahoma City or Sacramento. They can't get into that like lower tier uh, phase. I, I feel like there's no reason for them to panic at this point. They've been a second half team for the last few years. They start slow and then they pick up steam as as you get it, uh, through the winter time. I, I feel like there's a, there's a reason for that for. CJ to say to Arturo, like, chill out and take it easy and we'll see where we are in a couple months. Chill out, Arturo. I think that this is very selective by Dan Devine going uh, that they're a game and a half out of the, the playoffs because they're also just one game ahead of Dan's loathe San Antonio Spurs. So <laughs> they're basically the same team, Dan. Well... You know, you got me there. I have no, I have no comment. I have no comeback for that. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually very, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, Portland will pull it off and go on a run here. That was NBA instant replay. Before we go to the main event, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. With two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35, most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care. Some shave their heads. Some embrace hats. But what they don't know is that there is an FDA-approved medication designed to stop hair loss and even regrow hair. That's why we're excited to partner with our sponsor, Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment all from your phone or computer. And when you go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA, your online visit is free. Consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bad magazines in the waiting rooms. Once your doctor ensures the treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship your medication to you free with two-day shipping in discreet packaging. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is key and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving... The Ringer NBA show listeners a free online visit at GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected and help you handle whatever life throws your way. Like, for example, if you were in New Orleans and you had high hopes for your Pelicans and for Zion Williamson and then Zion didn't play and the Pelicans haven't looked too good, that would be an unpredictable outcome. We're going to talk about that in just a second with Michael Peters. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today about combining your home and auto insurance. And now, back to Heat Check. All right, joining us in the studio, he's a staff writer. He's killed it on the Watchmen coverage with Sean Yu and our video team. He joins us to discuss his beloved and beleaguered Pelicans. It's Micah Peters back on the program. The whole squad know our back beef. What's going on, John? You, you're wearing shades inside the I studio. I am wearing shades inside the studio you're, because I got it like that. That's why. I'm kidding. Future I sober. that I was supposed to take them off. No, I like it. I, I think it's a good look. Uh, future's so bright, he's got to wear shades. Unlike the Pelicans, which brings us to... <laughs> Oh, the God. main event. Wow. That you cut me deep there. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. Uh your your Pelicans uh play Brooklyn this evening as we record this. After that, they've got four games on the road leading up to Christmas. They are six in twenty-one, Micah. That puts them in <laughs> Knicks, Hawks, and Cavs company. Only the Warriors have been worse. 538 preseason predicted that they'd go 40 and 42 and gave them the 33% chance to make the playoffs. We did our preseason pr predictions where we were like, hey. This could be the year where the Pelicans are going to take the lead. We're super excited about Zion. Uh, and instead, no Zion, and they have not looked good. Yeah, I was going to say, is this was this 40-win projection before or after his arthroscopic surgery? Yeah, before. it was, okay. was preseason, but 
but so you were on the show preseason and we talked about the Pelicans oh, yeah, and you right, were excited yeah. about them. You already forgot about you being on the I program. Was, I've, it's, it's been so long since I was excited. Well, that's, how, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so explain how you're feeling as a Pelicans fan. This has to be, I mean, the Zion thing especially has to be disappointing. I mean, it is, it's, it's uh, disappointing. It's not as the poverty of the English language is such that I cannot describe to you how disappointing <laughs> it is. I mean, like you think that you're getting Zion and then you get, you know, six and 20, 21. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying before, like uh, we actually switched the recorder on here. Um, a rare thing that's happening in this stretch of games going through the holiday season is that they're actually going to be playing like not t- top 10 ranked offenses constantly. Right. Which is, you know, like a small reason to feel hopeful about some of this. Um more helpful than than not. I mean, it's better than playing good teams. But aside from the Zion thing, like they they have a, a lot of nice young pieces, and I think Brandon Ingram has obviously looked good. Uh, but more recently, like with Lonzo, they've been bringing him off the bench. And if he's going to be the point guard of the future, let him be the point guard of the future. Like, what's what do you think has gone wrong in your estimation with the Pelicans so far? Um, okay, so. Like, there's kind of, like, a similar parallel going on with, like, say, a Premier League team that had the blood, the youth, the season due to a transfer ban called Chelsea. They basically, like, had to play the young players, and it was good, and it was great, and everybody was enjoying it, and then, like, it's kind of plateauing a little bit. And it's like, do you keep hitting on 19, or do you trade somebody (laughs) and find, you know, like, maybe some sort of continuity stability towards through the end of the season. Dan, to Micah's point about the trades, there's been talk about uh, maybe Drew Holiday be on the, on the block. Would you move him? I think you'd need kind of a lot to do it. Um, you know, obviously he's not the, you know, he's not somebody that's going to carry a franchise on his shoulders. He's not somebody that's going to elevate them to the playoffs on their own. But I think to give up on sort of the project of what David Griffin put together before you even see Drew and Zion together on the floor, I think you'd need a lot to do it. Yeah. Haley, with the with the Drew and Lonzo thing, like again, you know, they go and they and they make this trade, uh, and it's supposed to be all these young guys. And I think, like maybe, as Micah was saying at the beginning of the season, without Zion, you're trying it out and you're looking at it and you're going, "This is fun. This could work out." And then all of a sudden, maybe they've soured on it a little bit. I've always been a Lonzo hater. I just have from the start, even (laughs) before the draft. I was like, I really don't know about this. I was excited for their backcourt. That's 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 your stance. That was, I mean, yes, on that alone. But he was just always so passive, and I thought it wouldn't matter next to Drew, and especially with Zion, and you know all the transition dreams that they had. I will tell you their bright light is Brandon Ingram, and we should talk about that because that's very encouraging. Zion will come back. Oh, Willie? God, I hope he comes no. back. <laughs> so I want to. I just want to throw this up. For hey, pub- don't you put that evil no. on, on on the Pelicans? I I don't mean he won't he come, will back come back ever. I here's what I'm asking you now. Given the way that the season is going, and the fact that like they're not they're not accomplishing anything record wise this season, right? Would you at least entertain a Sixers esque redshirt tank? You. I'm just throwing it out there. Get the hell out of my face. <laughs> listen, listen, I mean, they're towards the bottom of the standings. You, he, you don't want to risk further injury, right? He could get in more shape. Maybe you maximize your ping pong balls. I'm just saying that there are, we've seen this in the past. I don't nobody, wanna... Nobody's on board with this. Everybody's I, laying out on I'm me. I'm just going to say that if they do that, 
JJ Reddick's going to want to trade. Drew Holiday's like, look, I'm in yeah. my prime. This is starting to get really unfair. And Derek Favors, who we should also say has missed a lot of time and could help them a lot, especially defensively where they fucking suck right now, has not. He's I think he's played 11 games total. So they do have a little bit of potential, but those veterans are going to want to go. No, I mean, like she said, yes. I mean, like at the, it's the exact, it's, there's not really anything to add to that. I mean, Mike like, it's not going to be like right. to be like, hurry up and wait with. Uh, you just want him out there. And if you want a couple more games and it hurts you in the, in the tanking race, you're okay with that. I really don't care. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. yeah I, th- I, I, well, I think that the, it's, you know, when we look at sort of what's gone wrong, it's basically everything that isn't Brandon Ingram and like, Ken Ridge Williams, like shout out to Kenny Hustle. He's been uh, killing it in, in uh, his role as a small forward on this team this year. Based pretty much everything else hasn't gone the way they've hoped because none of the pieces have been together at the same time. Haley mentioned Derek Favors. He's supposed to be the center that fits next to Zion and that uh, you know, sort of provides the rim protection and the, the spine of the defense and also the screen and roll big man to open up space. He hasn't been there for, for most of the season. Also had a death in the family. So he's been like playing through some weird stuff for the last couple of weeks. Um, you ne- haven't been able to see what Zion looks like next to Ingram. So that's a big question going forward too. Ingram's been one of the best young uh, sort of surprises of the season moving into that number one role. You're going to have to pay him this summer because he's a restricted free agent. So you need to see what he looks like next to Zion before you say, we're going to have two number one options who basically play four and need the ball in their hands. There's a, a lot to kind of figure out, which is why I feel like if you're going to, it's like, oh, like the producers or something like that. If, if it's good, if it tanks, it's, you're going to make your money back and it's already tanking. Why trade a ton to sort of make it go that way if it's already going that way and you still have the pieces to be able to figure out what you do next? The only argument I could see for that is, as Haley was saying, if JJ wants to get moved, if Drew wants to push his way out, then you figure out what you got to do from there. But I feel like you got to have something worth your while because those guys are under contract for multiple years. If this year is a wash, you got to rebuild for next year. And you've already got a plan in place. It seemed like it made sense before everything went shithouse. Haley, what do we make then if if we've decided to to not tank here for the Pelicans and we're going to, they're going to try and they're going to get all the pieces together and they're going to see what they actually look like. What do we make of the job that Alvin Gentry has done so far? Like, because there's been rumblings, like, is he the right guy for the, I'm not sure that it's fair for all the reasons that you guys have all outlined that they haven't seen all the pieces together and you can't really determine it with, with injuries and not having Zion, like what they're going to actually look like. But, but are you on board with Alvin Gentry as the right guy for this team? That's the question. Do you give him the chance once he has everything? Do you give him a fair shot once he has the team that he was promised over the summer. I don't know. He's been trying a million different lineups. It seems like none of them are really working. He did move Lonzo to the bench, which I think was the right move. But I mean, before this, before Griffin came in and Griffin was like this, he's going to be my guy. I'm going to carry him over. I believe in him. He only made the playoffs one time in four years. But granted, even back then, they had lots of injury trouble. Things were just always going wrong for them. Then they had AD drama last year. So i I really don't know what to think about this. I say give him a chance, especially if the season ends up being a wash. I, I don't. You're the only Pelicans fan, I, not only that I know, but also that I've ever met. So I don't. I don't have a good <laughs> sense. I'm this. I'm being serious. I don't. I don't have a good sense for how Damn. Pelicans. I, <laughs> I mean, like, I love New Orleans, but tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't have a good sense for like what 
Pelicans fans feel about not just that team, but specifically Alvin Gentry? Like, is there like a feeling about Alvin? Because I'll tell you what everybody in Philadelphia thinks about Brett Brown. He's coached all of the losses and none of the wins. Like, that's how they feel about him. <laughs> how do they, how do people, how do you feel about Alvin Gentry? Yeah. You know, as, as, as you are well aware, I drop in on my Pelican fandom like once every, like it's every other week. It's, it's not sort it, of like weekend, like <laughs> week out like it is right. for me with like my other teams. Um, it's made to order for this show. Yeah. <clears throat> However, like Alvin Gentry is, as Halo saying, like, you know, run into a lot of misfortune as thus far. I mean, like he was inheriting a team that was like cobbled together from several of Dell Demp's like past iterations of the team. Like then, you know, once you finally get like some sort of semblance of forward momentum, like your biggest piece wants to leave. And then now you are trying to assimilate all these new players into your already established style and you lose, you know, like the, 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 the next, you know, marquee player in the franchise to injury for half of the three quarters of the season. Like, it's just like, there's a bunch of different things that are like unfortunate, but it's just like, you know, that doesn't really matter to the material consequences of not being able to figure it out without Zion Williamson. Yeah, there's a lot of variables here. And I think like, Dan, there, preseason, again, as we said, everybody is very bullish on this team and specifically the job that David Griffin has done. So long-term here, and it is going to be a long-term situation, which again, as a tanking enthusiast is why I suggested it. You all <laughs> shot it down. Poo-pooed the suggestion. Fine, I'll move on. But long-term here, how are you <laughs> feeling about the prospects of of what David Griffin is trying to put together? I still think it makes sense. And I still think you you have Zion Williamson until you know that that's not going to work until you know that this season is like the, the uh, an, uh, you know, uh, an omen of ill things to come as opposed to a little, you know, speed bump before he becomes Ben Simmons or before he becomes Blake Griffin or before he comes whatever. Like if you don't know that yet, then it seems like it's a bad idea to make decisions based on that being what the, the way things work. The, the issue with Gentry is, has it become, you know, has the fact that he hasn't been able to put together something sort of stable on defense, been able to, you know, stop the bleeding enough and figure out some kind of answer out of the mismatch pieces that he's got. Does that then put him in that category of maybe he's not the problem, but maybe he's not the solution we need? Or is there like a sort of bad blood about the way that he's been handling things? If it's not that point publicly, if it's not to that point within the organization, it seems like it's early to sort of do it, even as, as there's been a lot of disappointing uh, play over the for the Pelicans over the last couple months. Michael, last word on the Pelicans here before we move on when the season is over because you've had a lot of years where being a Pelicans fan has not been easy <laughs> at the end do you think that you'll you'll feel mostly optimistic going forward like the season's over and and maybe hopefully right you said hopefully Zion comes back I'm expected to feel whelmed by the time that the season is over better than you feel now yes uh, I, I don't want to be overwhelmed I don't want to be underwhelmed I just want to be well properly well yeah I want to be properly well I'm rooting for you buddy that was the main event <laughs> Uh, with Micah Peters. You want to stick around? We're going to play a little good call, bad call? Uh, nah, I think I got it. I'm kidding. I'm He's going to stay. He's going to stay. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's play good call, bad call. What a bold call here. All right, so uh, one of our favorite segments here to close out the show, a couple of things uh, that popped up on my radar. I basically just pull all of these things from Haley's Twitter feed. Uh, Haley, you were mentioning this. Uh, Drake has a collection of high school jerseys. Uh, most recently, he went out and got Bronny's jersey, uh, LeBron's son, the Sierra Canyon thing. And you said 
that this was very strange. I already know we're going to land on this, but good call or bad call on on Drake's ever expanding collection of high school player jerseys. Bronnie is a high school freshman. This is so weird. And it's his high school jumpsuit. That's just like something that people wear in high school. Only high schoolers ever wear that. This is very creepy. Jake, uh, Drake also has a suspicious history communicating with people who are a bit too young. Extremely bad call. <laughs> Um, I'm here to protect the youth. Bad call. How do you feel about high school Jersey Drake? Um, uh, now, when I saw Boogie Cousins Rattlers Jersey in the... That, um, I thought, see, that one kind of almost sold me. That one, I was just like, all right, that's kind of tight. But like... Then I saw the brawny, like, you know, mirror selfie in the high school tracksuit. And I was just like, mm, that's weird, man. You gotta... <laughs> I'm going to say bad call. So that's a bad call from you. But in retrospect, like the LeBron one, right? Like, like there's a... No, 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 no. Okay, iconic, there is... There's like, the thing is that, like, Boogie Cousins was already an all-star in a 6'11 point forward by the time that he was wearing that Rattlers jersey. Like, LeBron was already the biggest player on the planet by the time he had that Irish jersey. Bronny is a freshman in high school. <laughs> They're also throwbacks. Those are throwbacks. Yeah. That's what makes them okay. Exactly. Dan, the timing here obviously matters to these two. Good call or bad call on Drake prematurely copying Bronny's jersey. Yeah, I feel like this is something you need to like, if you get it now, you got to dead stock it for a few years until he's like, uh, you know, able exactly. to vote or something like that. Exactly. Steve, our resident, uh, has so many high school jersey enthusiasts. What do you, where do you fall on this? <laughs> I mean, where the fuck should I really even start? Oh, Bad man. call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's weird. Bad call all around. Sweep it up. Uh, all right. To back to Miami, we talked about Miami earlier in the show. Bam and Jimmy have a bet, Haley. Uh, Bam owes Jimmy $500 for every game he doesn't take a three, and Jimmy owes Bam $500 for every game that Bam does take a three. Good call, bad call on uh, them gambling their way into more three-point attempts. Extremely good call. I'm actually keeping track of how much money each other owes on Twitter because I have a betting problem, and also I just love encouragement. (laughs) Also, why in the hell hasn't Brett Brown done this? He should be offering thousands. I, I mean, any kind of incentive that they could give Ben Simmons to shoot the corner three, I'd be, I'd be on board with it. Micah Peters gambling for three pointers. Uh, good call. I love, I love all of uh, Jimmy Butler's uh, negative coaching tactics. It's I'm, I'm he a tried big it with he tried it with Ben Simmons last year. Didn't work. Dan Devine. Uh, I'm gonna say bad call because I just see this eventually getting to the point where it's like thousands and thousands in the pot, and somebody's getting punched in the face. Yeah, I wonder if this why is, is gonna... that a ba- like why would that be a bad thing? That's we also just, a good point, Mike. Micah, we just spent a whole bunch of time talking about how the Heat are like one of the pleasant surprises of the season, and maybe this is like their you know their oh on the, you mean just because it's like oh it's so fun to watch Jimmy Butler and Tyler Harrow like be friends on Instagram, and it's just kind of like <laughs> no like. It's it would be so much better for all of us that are not invested in whether or not this team does well for this to bowl over into a fist fight over like thousands of dollars owed over missed or made three pointers. You know what? I'm not I don't have the courage of my convictions on this one. Shoot the fair one, guys. It's a, it's a good call. Good call, everybody. Um, Steve, uh, I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet, but I'm pretty sure it's going to work out pretty well for Adam Sandler. And I'm going to say this is a good call as well. Uh, it's going to work out just fine. <laughs> I, I would love locker room strife with Jimmy Butler. Uh, gambling, though, as we've seen in the NBA, hopefully it doesn't turn into like a Gilbert Arena situation. I'm going good call, though, because anytime uh, that there's a potential for strife, I'm on board with it. Uh, speaking of uncut gems, nice transition by you, Steve. Uh, according to Bill Oram from The Athletic, 
Rajon Rondo was supposed to appear with Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems, but missed his 6 a.m. flight. Here's a quote from Rondo. It was my first big role, too. I missed the flight, and I was like, shit, I don't want to take a private jet for about $95,000. Fucked up my debut. Haley, good call or bad call on not paying the 95 k for the private jet. I remember his flop in 2018 against the Wolves. Incredibly good actor. His gems are uncut. Bad call. Should have paid the money. Micah Peters, pay that money. He's got that money lying around, man. Right? <laughs> you can pay the $95,000 to get on the jet via a motion picture. Get in the movie. Yeah. Bad on. call. Should have done it. Dan Devine. Uh, bad call to not pay it. Uh, that, I actually wound up having to write about that series as part of our Uncut Gems, I don't know, uh, portfolio of content. And Rondo was awesome in that series. He was like won that series in game seven. Uh, it would be an opportunity for him to kind of like live back to when he was like the man on those Celtics teams before his injuries. I feel like if you've got the 95,000 stunt and remember your glory days, bad call, Rondo. Steve, uh, as somebody who makes Rondo money as our producer, <laughs> good call or bad call on not paying the 95K. I mean, that's like that's like a day's worth of work for you. Oh, no. that's What do you think I'm making this show alone? Yeah. yeah no, it's <laughs> extremely bad call. I, I go good call. 95K. I mean, I'm just a lowly writer. I, I don't know. I think Rondo made the right call on that. Uh, last one, Dan, you're out on this because you, you're involved, so you're biased. So I'm All on right, guys, Twitter. I'll take you later. <laughs> so I'm on Twitter, and uh, I believe it was Tim Cato, right, Dan? Tim Cato That's from right. The Athletic. Tim Cato was crowdsourcing a potential Mavericks pod and asking people on Twitter what he should call it should they launch it. And Dan helpfully suggested the following. Cuba Potting Jr. Cuban <laughs> Potting. I'm sorry, let me do this again. <laughs> what? Let me do this How again. Oh, I want to keep this so bad. I wish How just dare leave you it. guys? I'll leave the whole thing. Cuban <laughs> Potting Jr. <laughs> I got to get it right. Haley O'Shaughnessy, good call or bad call to Dan's suggestion here. I support Dan in all things. Good call. <laughs> Micah Peters. I'm only going to be able to think about the teams, the Daily Mail montage of like when they were just like Cuba Gooding Jr. brought up on charges and it's like the picture of him <laughs> running around the Bronco on the set of like the American <laughs> crime story in his tidy whities with a pistol. <laughs> It's, this is That's all what good. I'm going to be able to think about. So good call. Then. <laughs> Clearly a good call oh, yeah, from Micah. Great, uh, great call. Steve Cuban Potting Jr. Uh, good call. Best gaff. That, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if only I had <laughs> delivered it properly. Dan, I want to just let you know, I am in full support of all things Double D Dan Devine. You can do no wrong uh, in my eyes. No, this is, this is a good call from you. Uh, your dad humor <laughs> hits me in a sweet spot. I loved it. I will say my favorite one uh, outside of Take That With You, which is a, a nice Dirk Nowitzki reference that I feel like is good for a portable podcast. My, uh, our friend Trey Kirby from now, was it No Dunks Inc., uh, formerly the starters, formerly the basketball Jones. His was Mark Tank. And I thought that was pretty good. Also very, very good. That was a good call, bad call. Some of it better than others. Uh, <laughs> we also want to, before we uh, wrap up the show here, we just want to say that uh, the NBA issued a statement on former NBA commissioner David Stern, who's uh, experiencing some health problems and is getting what they're calling uh, excellent care right now. So our, our thoughts and prayers go out to him. And uh, thank all of you for listening to the show. Thank you, Michael Peters, for being here. Thank you, Haley O'Shaughnessy, as always. Dan Devine, New Isaac, Steve Allman. Uh, please rate and review us. I'm never going to let that go. Please rate and review us if you don't mind. Read all of our content on TheRinger.com. Listen to The Ringer NBA show on The Ringer Podcast Network. Heat Check will be back next week on its regular Monday schedule, everybody. 
Thanks for listening. Bye.